2: For us to help them defeat the negative insurgency. You fire me up, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. This is ground control to Major Tom. I'm floating in the air. (laughs) What are you laughing at, dude? I was just getting my groove on, man. What are you,
0: it what? should have been more of an Armageddon. Um, it should I'm, have been more of I'm, using the right words.
2: What do you mean? Right words to what? The right lyrics. Those are the right lyrics. They're, they're not. This is ground I'm control. Leaving on main, a jet plane. Leaving <laughs> Man, on, on a, a jet, jet plane. plane. <laughs> That's so the right, right? one. <laughs> and I don't want to play taxes ever again. <laughs> I,
0: Check. Armageddon was a great movie.
2: Oh, dude.
0: Dude, who is your
2: favorite?
0: I'm a big Bruce Willis fan. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, my bear, when he came, when
2: he- <laughs> oh, <laughs> on the yeah. motorcycle, yeah, him, Oh God. Yeah, I love that guy. Oh. His and he has the, the <laughs> he's wearing the, the gold, uh, what you become, the gold, uh, speedo. The best. <laughs> the,
0: the best. And remember when you cut, when you cut your uh, hand off with the spear? Uh, yeah. I told you, I was like, the toughest <laughs> thing I ever say is, uh Oh, <laughs> you know where I got that from, from Owen? Owen Wilson. When, when the. Shuttle when the when their shuttles crashing into the, to the thing that's when he goes oh no good <laughs> that's stuck in my head man if, if,
2: uh, that is the toughest thing I ever say when something goes bad like, like oh 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 I love Steve Buscemi man that's my guy that <laughs> <How Uh-oh. laughs>
0: whole thing was good man
2: oh man one of the things that I love about that whole space concept is you know, if you're going to make the decision, right? And and granted, not only do you have to go figure out what what's the thing they had to crunch into one movie with about the numbers and all that. The gimbals? St- yeah, 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 right? Oh. If you got to go crunch gimbals and, you know, what's the. I, uh, I think
0: that every time I watch Apollo 13 and everything's going wrong and they're trying to crunch some gimbals before they run out of O2. I'd have just been like. Pfft uh houston we're we're done up here it
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and will be like uh come again <laughs>
0: can you um, repeat your paying last intention with them gimbal class when we had that uh, we're,
2: we're, we ain't gonna make it dude think about did you see the movie with matt damon what mission to mars or mars or whatever what do they call that martian the Martian, right? I read the book, and the book, the book is a thousand times crazier. Like every second, he's dying. Now I think about that, just like you, bro. I'm like, nah, forget it. Like, but thank God, I'm not aspiring to do that, right? Because if you begin to aspire to dream of being an astronaut, part of your sequence, your the psychology of your quest has to be. The ever-present reality that at any second you're gonna die.
3: You could drift into oblivion, never to return. I mean, you, you know how we're hanging around our boys, <laughs> and they are like, "Man, we were hanging it out there." Yeah. Like if Cassidy says that, literally, it's way out there, right? <laughs>
0: well, it takes it to a different level. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Was that? Was the
3: gravity the one with um, Sandra? Sandra uh, Bullock? Like they it, start drifting off, just gosh, inches away, yeah. but drifting. Yeah, into you're oblivion. gone, and
2: you're never coming back. Cause you can't you can't push off shit in space, can you? I mean, there isn't one of
3: those so close but yet so far. Yeah.
2: So far away. What is some? What's another right. great space movie? Two thousand one Odyssey. Uh, Interstellar. Interstellar is good. What's the one, one with uh, uh, Chris Pratt and uh, what's Guardians her name? Guardians of the Galaxy. No, not yeah,
0: that. Guardians so
2: great. So great. Remember when so we watched? Remember when we watched it like every night for know, yeah, an yeah, whole week out here. <laughs>
3: It did. It literally played for an entire weeks. It, did. it, it day never on. came off. No. It, was it was that good. No, oh, batteries are dead. In room Brad, or something?
2: We want you on the show, man. <laughs> anytime, come Prometheus? on. Prometheus. I don't know about that one. Prometheus, Aliens for me. Good, right? That alien, was good. Oh yeah. Well, we're over, talking about that was, man. Getting, that was part Predator. of the alien sequence. What else? Prometheus was yeah. Like an in the alien beginning, movie. right? Two thousand one, Space Odyssey. I'm a big Stanley Kubrick fan. Right.
3: I was way. Back. I'm not too familiar with that one actually. That's what I was man. saying. He <laughs> He's like, who's Stanley Kubrick? <laughs> having, isn't that that's the one with the dawn of man, the boom, boom, the great boom, sound? Boom, yeah, boom, the, boom, the boom, best boom,
2: soundtrack, boom. best space soundtrack ever. It's classic,
3: right
0: there. Totally, Star Wars. Flash Gordon, dude. Flash. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Quarterback He's from the New York us. Jets is gonna save the world.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> balls. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Baseball is really good, yeah. Mars Attacks, ack ack ack. That's a great one. Dude!
0: Great, great cameo alien movie.
2: Oh, brother. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell, and the infamous, the wizard. We need Thank to you, come sir. up with some sound effects for you, dude. You
3: can the dawn of time... Boom, boom, yeah, boom, let's boom, do it. Boom, boom, ready? Boom, boom, you have boom.
2: that? Pull that sucker up right now. Let's try it. Let's give that a run. You ready? Here. wizard. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man! That's gotta be in there every time <laughs> from here on out when I do the intro in the show. Yeah. Done? <laughs> Deal? Mark? That's good? All right. Good. All right. If this is your first time to our show, then you obviously are going, what the hell is this show about? Well, let me tell you, you are in store for one of the greatest guests we've had. And I know I say that about every guest, but this guy is truly next level. We've got astronaut. Navy SEAL, MIT graduate, Captain Chris Cassidy on the show, right? That's mm. phenomenal. We're going to have a killer reader story. Just
3: stop and let that sink in for a second. Astronaut, Navy SEAL.
2: MIT grad. MIT, MIT grad.
3: Yep. That's, that's amazing. Oh,
2: Naval Academy grad, too. That's, that's something serious. Uh, dude, amazing. I can't. Dude, oh, this yeah, with guy's amazing. a degree amazing. in
3: mathematics.
2: What, yeah, Matt. Not right. like
3: it wasn't engineering, weaving. right?
2: Some kind of engineering. Whatever it is, it, it was definitely big. makes
3: you think there's a difference in the species.
2: <laughs> Some of us, right? for sure. What else? <laughs> I know. All right. If you are coming back for more, you're a repeat offender. We love you. Thank you so much. We are so stoked you're back. You know what our show's all about. You understand the power and the impact of what it means to. Learn from our guests to understand how to face the adversity in your life, how to overcome your obstacles, how to reach new heights in your life, and learn the never-quit mindset. Now, if you want to know more about us, go ahead and visit our website at tnqpodcast.com where we have some new...
3: Swag. Swag.
2: New... Swag. New... You're not even going to join in on You're that? You're good. That's good. Come I'm on, man. I'm not going to get
0: the, the singing thing. It's I, don't, I can't even carry a tune in a bucket with a lid, dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, don't <laughs> sing, I don't even <laughs> sing in the shower. All
2: right? So we got new swag. We got T-shirts, some other stuff, other merchandise. Okay. If you want to follow us on social media, the Wizards is actually on social media we got it now just go to instagram and search the wizard tnq or you can follow our new tnq podcast page at TNQ Podcast. i'm at team frog logic and marcus is at marcus Latrell. hey what's up boss lady how you doing <laughs> i'll stop uh, pay
0: the respects I'll to stop, the lady buddy. of the
2: house
3: <laughs> yeah
2: oh I'm, i that's how i'm going to bring him on all right yeah i'm going to bring him on that way all right you should Alright. So now what do we got going on? I I you know, I think it's time you gotta read. It was actually a
0: pretty cool what she just said. She's like, I'm gonna go pick the kids up from jujitsu.
2: You can say that again. Is that cool? <laughs> is that cool, your son's first gi?
0: It is, man. It was something. I was holding it up and trying to I'm staring at us so proud. It's just like those little moments. That's right? a big deal, dude. Yeah, man. That's or, his
2: first step towards becoming an astronaut. asteroid. Uh, right?
0: Martian. Martian, Martian. Star Lord. Yeah star lord mm, that's mm.
2: that's axe's first step he could, he could be
0: star lord he could be he's good looking blue eyes. yeah yeah what happened bro <laughs> oh, thank, no, thank god thank god the
2: girls <laughs> thank god the girls do not look like my crusty old salty oh, ass all right so wizard give us a little rundown on this
3: liftoff all right captain chris cassidy as we said uh NASA astronaut, and Navy SEAL, amongst other things. He started out in, let's see, he he was in Bud's class 192 and then did 10 years in the teams, reaching rank of captain. Uh, during that time, he did four six-month deployments, a couple what? in Afghanistan, a couple in the Mediterranean.
2: Oh, my God, it's fast. That's super that, that's fast. Awesome. To reach captain that fast, that's insane. I mean, it's,
0: it's almost seven years just to get lieutenant, Yeah, I yeah, thought. no, yeah.
2: five.
3: Yeah, the, the man knows how to move. I mean, pr- Seven years prior in to this, yeah. he graduated from the Naval Academy uh, with a mathematics degree. During his time in the teams is when he earned that, we mentioned before, that ocean engineering degree from MIT um, e- while e- he was e- in cool. the teams.
0: Mississippi Institute of Technology, right there on the coast.
3: Muskogee. One, a, little, a little further than the northeast. Institute of-, <laughs> Magnitude of Technology. It's in my barn. <laughs> <laughs> we did deaf soundings in the oh, was... <laughs> <laughs> he got his reeds.
1: <laughs> oh all God. right, so
3: during his times in the time the team's deployed to Afghanistan, uh involved in doing some non-compliant shipboarding stuff in the Persian Gulf, as well as something near and dear to Marcus's art here. He was assigned to, he was a platoon commander at SDV Team 2. Bloop, bloop,
2: bloop, 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 About 200,
3: time. 200 hours on bag there in the SDV. What's that like, Marcus? I wouldn't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nor do I ever want what to do know. Yeah,
0: definitely the frogman portion of our job. That's true. You earned
3: that, no doubt. Um, let's see. He also served as an XO at uh, Special Boat Team 20, as well as some other things. He gets out of the teams. 2004, he's selected as an astronaut candidate by NASA. Two years later, he completes his
2: training. You think that's like going to astronaut camp over the summer? I went to space camp, too. <laughs> space camp. That's a, you think that's what a movie
0: about that in the 80s. It was yeah, good, those huh? kids I, went, kind of went up in, in space. You know, what, up? Did you really that's go to right space that. camp? I <laughs> got blasted into those kids. got <laughs> blasted into space. Did you really oh. go to
2: space
3: camp?
0: No, I wouldn't. No. Oh, that is it a thing, right? It wouldn't me in space camp. No,
2: there <laughs> were, no, no, he wouldn't go to space camp. You had to... Like, yeah, requirements. Yeah, that was like, yeah. Like, what are the requirements, Dave? <laughs> you had you, couldn't, you, had, had. you had not to get in trouble for more than, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> right? You had to be able to sit still to sit for 10 minutes.
3: Class period. Yeah,
2: 30 minutes sitting still. Man, yeah, I knew I happens. wouldn't have passed that one. That's why I never went either, up at Ca- Canaveral. I
0: didn't go to space camp. I went to where uh, scared straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> a little, a little different I in little 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 penitentiary for
0: scared straight camp. Nah, bro, I didn't go a space camp.
3: Patrol <laughs> 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 well, 0400. You made, <laughs> it. You you made, made it. it. You made <laughs> it. You made it.
2: All right. All, all right. right so going. he completes
3: his astronaut candidate training, um, which on completion of this, it qualifies him to do various technical assignments, and he was assigned to his first mission in he was a mission specialist on STS-127. That's a space shuttle mission. He also That's was involved so in X, uh, Expedition 35 and 36, where he did several spacewalks. I mean, I guess these are the made, like, mile markers or challenges or, or things of an that astronaut. astronauts achieve. How many spacewalks, you know, these tasks they have
2: to go up there and do. Um, they're not at, They're out there for a little bit, aren't they? not like they just go out and say take a selfie and go back in they're doing yeah, stuff has to be right because of how
0: much they have to procedures just to get out there yeah, I yeah imagine
3: they plan every single detail of the entire procedure they do once they leave yeah plan your totally. dive, dive. your plan yeah. so 2015 he then gets named as chief of the astronaut office at nasa he's involved in selecting new personnel a couple other tiny small details he was the 500th person in space And he was the second seal to fly in space, following behind William Shepard or Bill Shepard, who was a veteran of four previous missions, 181 days outside of our atmosphere.
2: That's a lot. I thought 181 days in the stand was bad. (laughs) Base deployment. Yeah. Right. Holy cow. Well, what do you say, gents? This guy is going to be phenomenal. He's one of us. He's one of our own. He's part of the brotherhood. What do you say, gents? Should we get him on? Absolutely. Captain Christopher Cassidy, astronaut arriving.
3: Try that again.
2: Man, I can't do it. <laughs> that was horrible. Oh, that was horrible. I just figured you could dub it in. And you just,
0: oh, don't leave it now. Fuck
2: you. All right now marcus (laughs) here it is we've got another one of the brotherhood again and this one is in a whole nother atmosphere brother literally and figuratively man i love when we bring annie stump on because his resume is insane i love when we bring on commander zinky he's his resume is insane but nobody so far, nobody has reached the limits <laughs> as this guest has, bro. Are you fired up? Uh, this is
0: probably my this is my number one. It's my all-time favorite one already. How and could it not be? You, to...
4: you guys say that to all your guests.
0: I'm sure you do. The path that he's walked we're familiar with, and then the one that, he, that no one else got. I mean, there's only a handful of people on the earth that have that. And, man, that's just a – that's the coolest thing to me, man.
2: It, it When you think about the magnitude of not only just making it in the teams, but then going to MIT, but then also to become one of the elite of the elite of the elite, man, to be in that even smaller brother and sisterhood, man, for me, that's the epitome of that never quit mindset,
0: we need to find out. They need to have, their, they better have their own secret society, right?
2: I, mean, anybody <laughs> <to have> one, <laughs> I, I guarantee. Well, let's, let's get them on and let's ask them about everything under the sun. And in between ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please welcome to the show. U S Navy seal astronaut, captain Chris Cassidy, sir. Thank you so much for being on the show with us.
4: Oh, absolutely. That's the best introduction I've ever had. I, I should tape that and, and play it uh, whenever <laughs> I go up to go places. That's how I'm really, really psyched to be here with you guys. Super cool. And to be part of the program.
2: Awesome. Awesome.
4: Well,
3: you thought you'd been song. launching into space before, but uh, how about that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked about this basically like sitting in the platoon space getting to hear him tell a a story i've been waiting for this for so damn
2: long dude once you (laughs) first said because like chris it was so funny because mel and marcus were you know marcus went through his tour and he he came back and we had a recording session not not long after that he's like he was like going on and on and on he says well you know i was like man we gotta get you know chris cassidy on he's like Oh, okay, yeah. I think we'll make that happen, <laughs> and then Mel texted oh, you. Oh, thank you. It's just, it. We're. I think we're all really fired up. And but uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this thing, before we gotta launch this show by doing something we do with everybody, and I know you're familiar with a Mad Minute. I I can't imagine what the Mad Minute questions would be like up in space if someone's going wrong, right?
0: you're <laughs> crushing those gimbal numbers in Apollo 13 every time I see that scene I'm like that's where we'd all been dead <laughs> that's <laughs> the part where we die all right, sure. you know to crunch gimbal numbers we're all dead yeah. just look out the window check out the moon one last time yeah, that's... <laughs> that's what blows me away about MIT I don't even know, not Mississippi Institute of technology. <laughs> that's the real one.
2: And, uh, oh god I love it alright so, sir, what we do is we're going to warm your prefrontal courts. T- I, I, just saying that to him is kind of uh, silly blame, as well. Right? Like His is always firing, <laughs> right? I mean, it's always on point, man. Uh, all right, so we're going to warm you up with what we call the Mad Minute. Now, these are going to be the hardest questions You've ever forget all the stuff you've ever had to deal with. Gimbal numbers and all at NASA. These will be the most difficult questions you've ever experienced in your life, sir. Are you prepared?
4: Let's go. Fire Uh, away.
3: All right. Three,
2: two, one. All right, brother.
0: Where's the darkest place you've ever been? Ooh, good one. A
4: ship in Norfolk Harbor.
2: You do, I mean, you do. I mean, yeah, absolutely has to be. <laughs> I, I don't know a team guy that doesn't say that, his, his yeah.
0: background in the team, especially the one he was at. I know he had been under there, and I was like, oh. it's
4: "Gotta be." It's, it's. I got to tell you, it's really dark on the outside of the space station on it on the dark side of the Earth, but there's lights around you, and you can generally kind of see. There's nothing that matches the uh the blackness mm. of underneath an aircraft carrier or underneath some other big ship in the middle of norfolk muddy harbor
2: so, oh yeah. man oh, that that's brutal all I right wizards fire coast. away
3: all right if aliens exist do they most closely resemble a alien from the aliens movie series b avatar or c
4: mars attacks Ooh, i'm gonna go avatar oh nice Nice, right. I
2: like that. That's uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Because the yeah. yak, yak, <laughs> yak, yak That's want, not fun. I don't want the yak, yak, yeah. yak, yak. That's, that'd be so depressing, right? That's funny, but quite We're malicious. here to help. Yeah, we're right? We're here to help. Yeah. All right. If you have the opportunity to go to Mars, what role do you want to play in that trip?
4: Uh, I want to be the guy that, plays cards on the travel there that takes you 6 months and the first one out the door when the hatch opens in your land.
2: He just team guide that, didn't right. he? <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> I want to be the Door gunner. Door gunner. <laughs> door gunner. Oh man. Just think he's the only one of the team guys that can actually use Door Gunner on the space station. Know, as a chance
0: a... he could actually get to go.
2: So that's a oh, feasible I know, thing. That's man. Why I, I asked got them. that visual in my head. Got right? that
0: whole screen blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> Spaceman <laughs> call sign.
2: <laughs> no, dude, the call sign. My <laughs> dude. All right.
0: Go. All right, brother. Are you superstitious?
4: Uh, No. All right.
0: Really, man, I, I, dude, I am. You, I know I you the are. Weird ones, like all. Of are them. you
4: really? Yeah. Like what? What? What do you do? You do certain routines or every time the same thing? Yeah, they like I, most what, people call you know that OCD, superst- but
0: I call it being superstitious. Right.
4: No, I, I, I got
0: a couple of numbers. If I see those, and then you know, never walk under the ladder. Black. The day I was having oh. to go get. Cut! You know, melanie was like, "You're done taking bullets out of the gun." The, the vasectomy thing. As yeah. I was driving to the hospital, a black cat w- walked right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> hey Thank God that happened, dude! I, it, I threw it in reverse real fast <laughs> and started hauling ass. Man's like, "What's wrong? What's going on?" Like, black cat just came across. The <laughs> <day> <laughs> black cat crossing the highway. Well, I was going now to get in the wrong direction. way! No, that oh not that happen. Everything oh. had to be
3: perfect on that day.
0: Oh!
3: All right, wizard, fire away. All right. uh, Give us one of the best things and the worst things about astronaut training. I don't think many people know too much about that, and I want to hear your personal opinion.
4: Ah, good question. So the best thing about astronaut training is traveling to the other international space agency centers and training with their people and their astronauts, like in Mm -hmm. Russia and Japan and Germany uh, and Canada. That's just super, super cool jumping in their swimming tanks, jumping in their virtual reality simulators, just freaking awesome. Mm. The worst thing about training for spaceflight is giving up complete control of your life to schedulers. Uh, you have to ask mm. permission to take a day off. You know, They've got this big magic Ouija board of all these <laughs> training blocks you've got to accomplish. Uh, kind of like being in a platoon you know, when, yep. when you, every training block is, is blocked out except instead of just going to ask your chief or your LPO or the OIC for a day off, it's a bigger deal because if you can't go in the simulator today and you need to reschedule for another day, that affects like four other people's training schedules in the facility hmm. and blah, blah, blah. So you really kind of give up control of your yeah. life for a two-year two year period, but it's totally freaking worth it because guess what? The prize is yeah.
2: you're going to space! <laughs> <So, right? laughs> yeah, right? It's oh, not, that's so cool. Do that, that again. <laughs> you're, go- you're going to war! Oh, right, right. You're Daddy, going man. to space You're going to war I'm going going to space
0: every You got time. dropped into that platoon That yeah. space platoon yeah. oh, that, That's heavy dude space
2: I love it dude Alright yeah.
0: You're in the SEAL team son. where'd you deploy? Space Oh man you yeah, No get out no platoon in space Get out of here
3: Check oh, it yeah. out. <laughs> oh
2: man that's awesome Alright If you could If they in the future They develop the space time traveler Right what choice would you make? Would you make to go forward or backwards? And then if you could choose one or the other, when would you go and what time?
4: Oh, man, that is an insane question because you'd love to go backwards and, and redo some stuff, especially when you're 18 years old in high school, right? <laughs> if you knew now what you knew right. then, you could conquer the world. <laughs> but I think I'd I think I'd choose going forward and – um this might sound corny, but I, I would love to see how my children turn out as, as adults. They're like young adults right mm-hmm. now in college and high school. And you never know as a parent if you're doing the right thing. You're just doing the best that you know. With the, and There's no instruction manual. So it'd be super cool to see my kids when they're um, – Older in life, and, and if that, if I could take any lessons learned, like, oh, I screwed that decision up, I should have, have audible that the line of scrimmage.
2: What you mean, spraying did, my to, daughters yeah. down with the hose was not a good idea?
0: It, and
4: being team guys,
0: we sweat it the whole time, right? Always it's like, oh my God, it's coming, and always. It's coming. All
2: right, Marcus, yeah. fire away, bud. Hey, how similar
0: is the pool to space?
4: Oh man, Marcus, it is spot on, except for two things, there's two differences. One is in in the pool. If you turn upside down, all of your weight is still resting on your collarbone, and the blood still goes to your head because there's gravity still affecting the building and the pool. Mm-hmm. So you, it's not that con- it's not very comfortable to go upside down in the pool. However, in space, you can flip around any way you want. You can't tell the difference. It's all good. And mm-hmm. the other big one is I kind of mentioned it. We're we're going around the world. Every 90 minutes so you have 45 minutes in the daylight and 45 minutes in the pitch dark. not quite as dark as Norfolk Harbor but still <laughs> a pitch dark. and um, in in the building in the training facility in Houston at the pool that you saw, we just generally leave we leave the lights on all the time. It's just, we in the astronaut office think we should turn the lights out the building people don't want to turn the make it pitch dark for the workers so anyway bottom line is it's never pitch dark. In the pool, so that's your—that's a hmm. pretty big shock when you're on your very first spacewalk. When you open the door and it's nighttime, and, and you're wow. holy cow, that's big. Yeah.
0: So, but you can't kick out though in space, can you?
4: No, 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 you—you—you you, you can't. You, there's nothing to um, to kick. There's no resistance there. You can't kick out. That's great.
0: Way. No matter how much energy, no matter how much energy the human body can generate, you can't even push yourself an inch, right? But
4: right, if you. If your fingertips were this far away from a handrail, you're dead.
0: You told
3: me that. <laughs> I blew my mind. It's kind of right there like this. If like you <laughs> sneeze, lick <they>
2: over. <laughs> second, someone has to come get you. Oh my gosh, that's tight yeah. right there.
4: We, we do just for that very reason. We have kind of like when you rock climb, you you climb and you need to take a break. You clip in with a little fair lead, you know, two foot long lead, mm-hmm. so you can shake it out and rest a little bit and take the load off. We have same kind of things. We have these little short leads where you. You're always making sure you're clipped in because, for that very reason, if you were six inches away, you might as well be 200 miles away because you're not getting oh, back. Wow. Did, you,
0: did you gorilla grip the crap out of that bar? when you?
2: Your first one?
4: Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Wait,
2: nothing. Calm one, down. One your one heart rate's about the, to go through the roof. Uh, <laughs>
4: and one, one of the experienced astronauts on well, my first mission, he, he sent me a note right before I went out on a, on a spacewalk, and all it said was, loosen your grip. And this is before I even went out. And so I remember on that first, like the first two minutes of my first time thinking to about his email, loosen your grip. And I, and I thought about my hand like, oh yeah, I am about to rip this hand right (laughs) out of the metal. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All
2: right, Marcus, last question. We got to hear from him. Yeah. All
4: right. Favorite superhero. Aquaman.
2: Whoa. I did not expect that one, but I, I love why Aquaman.
4: I loved watching him at that cartoon as a kid, and, and maybe it was foreshadowing of my life underwater, particularly in, in STVs. I loved being an stv here, by the way. Uh, so I, you're the, the only one, pre- sir.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, there's a couple of those weird guys
4: out there. But let me tell you why. I did not love freezing my butt off for eight hours, but what I liked was the problem-solving. Once you submerge, it's just you and your buddy figuring out That's problems. It. You didn't have other people to take care of your business for you. However screwed up you made it, it was because you made yourself screwed up. And however creative you got, it was because you got creative. So that's what I really liked was you and your buddy just dealing with it. Oh, you're in the
0: middle of the ocean, mm. and the and the death gauge has asterisks across it because you and, and we don't have voice. Contrary to popular belief, we back we couldn't talk to each other back and forth. We have our own language and grunts yep, and moans yep. and pinches and pulls. And you're right, man. It's, there is nothing else. Just you and him. That and it's that's why JJ
2: and I are so close. Yeah. that's awesome well sir thank you so very much that is the mad 12 minutes uh your answers were all awesome we appreciate it but we're gonna we're gonna pivot here a little bit and we're gonna get into you know the the real mass of what makes this show what it is and and we have this incredible following and it a lot a large percentage of the reason why people come here is because they're going through their own Struggle Their own challenges in life. They're they're trying to figure out how to get started, how to face adversity and overcome obstacles, that problem solving you just talked about when all else seems like it's coming down. And so they come here to hear some of the greatest never quit stories that have ever been told. And so that way they can get their life back on track, even if it's for an inch or it's, you know, a, a million miles an hour. So, sir, without further ado, would you please share with our listeners your greatest never quit story or stories?
4: Yeah, this is a good topic. I really am fascinated by the topic. In fact, when I, I sign a picture to to somebody in NASA, we have these little headshots of ourselves. And very often I put Never Quit on there because it, it captures so much of what all of us in, in our community e- embody. But and think about before the show, there's two things I wanted to share with you. One was a lesson I learned in BUDS and one was a lesson I learned later in life here at NASA. And I'll start with um, Wednesday, I think it was, of Hell Week. Sit, <laughs> sitting, sitting on the beach about to eat an MRE. For I think probably your listeners know what Hell Week is, but it starts on Sunday and generally ends on Friday. One big blur of, of activity, um, running around and doing all different things that we call evolutions. One of those particular times was um, Wednesday night, so kind of in the middle of the week, and it was right as the sun was setting, and we're eating an MRE on the beach, all, all sandy, and... Uh, I'm starting to feel a little sorry for myself because I'm really cold. <laughs> I'm, eating, I'm eating this, yep. eating this
2: crappy SMR. So Covered in sand.
4: Covered in sand. And and uh, and I remember having, I probably had this thousand yard stare in my eyes. And I don't remember thinking, I wasn't thinking about quitting or anything. I was just kind of had that icky feeling of, man, this just freaking sucks. <laughs> and and I've, it's only Wednesday and I got to go till Friday. And I was starting to, drift off mentally and i remember my my buddy uh, in my boat crew the fellow SCV or also Don Spites he hit me on the shoulder and said hey snap out of it and that's all i needed was a little knock from a guy that that was going through it right there with me stride for stride and uh, and i was right back in the game and, and so that to me was a lesson i learned and you can't do hard stuff by yourself amen you got you gotta have a teammate or teammates, or your family, or a counselor, um, people like that that are in your corner to help you, that know you well and can pull you along. And I'm preaching not pre- I'm preaching the choir with you guys, but you just can't do hard stuff by yourself. That was my big lesson learned there. Then and there's many experiences in between that hell week time and what I'm about to share with you. But this is a good thing that kind of circles back together. Mm-hmm. My last space mission, 2013, I'm outside about to do my sixth spacewalk. So, wow. uh, And I'm going out the door with my buddy Luca Parmitano, an Italian astronaut who is only his second spacewalk, but we had done one uh, a week earlier than this. And, and we go outside and they're generally planned for six and a half, seven hours long. And and about 45 minutes into it, he feels water on his head. And if you know anything about being outside a spacesuit, water inside your helmet is not what you want to have going <laughs> on. <laughs> well,
0: where's this coming from? <laughs> you,
4: what is leaking? You yeah. want to keep only oxygen inside that thing. And uh, um, so... There we are. We're outside the space station, pretty far away from the safety of the airlock, and his helmet is filling w- with water. And uh, wow. there's some period of time where we're talking to the ground and we collectively decide, well, maybe it's time to be going in. And, and we're thinking, what are the sources of, how could you possibly have water inside the spacesuit? Well, it could be sweat. It could be urine. But we, you, it's hard to sweat. Enough that there's you see it and you're floating around, and urine we have diapers on, so that's both of those are pretty unlikely. We have a camelback like thing on our chest that holds a little bit of water, so it could possibly be leaking from the camelback, but then there's also cooling water in the backpack. And once he tasted it and realized it was ice cold water, none of those other first three things are ice cold, they're all body temperature. We knew then it was really bad, so he starts making his way back and uh. He gets to the airlock, and I remember hearing his voice change. And he—you could tell—he was really not in a good spot with water now around his ears, and his eyes, and his nose. And and um. I remember, and I I remember thinking, and all this happens really, really fast. As you know, Marcus, you just kind of you just do stuff in gut reaction from training and from preparation, good hard uh, muscle memory skills. I knew that problems never get really awesome and super fast, but they sure can go to hell in a handbasket <laughs> super fast. <laughs> Those are so two different I things. <laughs> think, I remember thinking to myself, how can I take actions that are, are going to not make this situation worse? And I, I, I was kind of dirt diving. The last like probably 20 yards to get to the airlock, I was dirt diving in my head what my hands needed to do, like where I needed to move the hooks and, and um, safety lines and how to close the hatch. Because the only thing that mattered at that time was closing the hatch to the airlock so that we could start moving air and, and getting repressurized. Because uh, when you're in the vacuum of space, if you take his helmet off, he's dead. Right. The, the water in the helmet is inconsequential at that point. You just have to get pressure around you in order to take the helmet off so you could breathe. And, uh, I, I was telling another group this about a week ago is I don't even remember what my hands did wow. to this day. I can't remember the actions I took to unhook ourselves and bring the things inside that need to be bring, brought in and then flip around and close the hatch. I just remember cranking the handle on the hatch close. There is this like 32nd period of my life where just mm. instinct and training and, Muscle memory took over, and got that hatch closed, and then I could deal with Luca and help him and and get him situated. But he didn't matter up until getting the hatch closed. So that was part of um, that ties back to what I learned in Hell Week. Is you, if if we didn't have each other, we wouldn't be here to be telling. I wouldn't be here to tell. He wouldn't be here to hear the story. I wouldn't probably be here to to be telling it Mm. it's the teamwork aspect of being outside just like being in hell week that day where um i needed i needed don spites to to wake me up so um that was a pretty crazy story and we 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 at nasa were out of commission for spacewalks for about a year and a half after that until we really understood what happened and got it fixed. now we're back in business well what what was was it? it yeah yeah, so in simple terms, like imagine you take you use a garden hose, and you use it, and then you leave it full of water, and six months later, you want to go take a drink out of it. That water's going to be all nasty, right? <laughs> well, the spacesuit is filled with water, and we only use them periodically. And what we need to do after every single spacewalk is flush out the water and clean it with iodine and some solution. And we had thought over the years that we were cleaning it out effectively, but turns out we weren't. So, s- lack of a better word, sludge oh. was building up. I- icky, icky water was building up inside the spacesuit components that caused the pump outlet to block. And water couldn't go out the pump direction that it needed to go. And it backed up to a way that we never thought it would ever be possible for that water to back up. Mm. And, and ultimately got into the oxygen system. And as oxygen was coming into his helmet, it was mixed partial water, partial oxygen. And that was the root of the problem.
2: Because it wouldn't happen in the pool. (laughs) It would only happen (laughs) in the abyss of
0: space, right? Water's the only thing that can't be contained, man. It's going to find a way to get in there.
4: Oh, my God. It's going to find a way. It's going to find a way. Well, sir,
2: I, I, I love how you equate, you know, when you talk about the never quit mindset you, you always, people have this imagination that it's about those heavy moments, like being in space and your buddy's going to die. But in your mind, how does the never quit mindset play a role in day-to-day life, right? Where, because obviously you, you, you go to the academy, you're trying to, Just work through there. It's a difficult place. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. And then you got to go through SEAL training. Then you go to combat. Then you run into, you know, uh, Mr. Shepard, Astronaut Shepard. And so it's this perpetual idea or mindset. Can you explain a little bit of that and how you manage that in your life?
4: You know, I, I think it is even more basic than that because to to most people out there, they're never going to live um, through what Marcus did or, or very unlikely going to strap onto a rocket and fly in space. But every one of us has days where they're just hard or weeks that are hard or months that are hard. Whether you're going mm-hmm. through a divorce or a tough boss or your family, and loved one member, loved family member has cancer or you do any one of those situations is super relatable to everybody here on earth and and um i remember when i was younger talking to my dad and and uh he told me this i think initially is that hard times end and when do they end is you never know it could be a moment from now one minute from now like if in uh in hell week, where you're 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 you just can't push the log anymore. In one minute, it's going to be over, or it's going to be in a week from now, like starting hell week, or you know you're you're dealing with the sickness, all that stuff. It's unknown amount of end, but it's eventually going to end. And and keeping that in mind for me has been helpful, just in my normal normal life, going through personal struggles, personal hard times, trying to balance all the things in a given day, like when you're, when I'm a new astronaut, when you're a new astronaut, you're learning all these systems of the space station. And the, for me, the space shuttle and all these switches. And at the same time, you still got family at home and, uh, you know, all the normal stresses that have with, uh, a family and kids and a wife and, or husband. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, you put all that together and you get stressful days. So it's re- fully relatable to every person on the planet this same, this attitude that gets you through not only hell week or combat but life. I,
2: I love that answer. Hmm. When when one of the things that we hear a lot of from our guests is the people that played major roles in their life, right? And you had met, you'd reference your father. Can you talk a little bit about uh, Bill Shepard and the role he played in you making this? I mean, it's not just a small jump going from a platoon commander to an astronaut. But that's a that's a massive leap. That's a massive change in direction in your life. What what kind of influence did he ha, ha, play? And then what? How did he enable you to believe it was possible?
4: Yeah. So that's interesting because I I had just finished uh, four years. I was finishing up four years at SDV Team Two. In Norfolk, My first two operational tours in the SEAL teams, and it was time for a short-duty assignment, and I was trying to figure out what do I want to do, where do I see myself, do I envision myself staying in the military, in the Navy, or moving on. Um, My wife was kind of worn out from basically me being gone for four years, and I knew that I I needed some sort of just uh, stable thing for a couple years for just recharging my own batteries and and to support her. Uh, and so, graduate school was a very logical choice. And this was before thinking about NASA. I knew that it would help me in life, but it would also accomplish as the goals I just just mentioned. Uh, and it was right about that same time when I learned about Bill Shepard's path, being an astronaut. That he the Naval Academy, he had gone to graduate school at, at, at MIT. I didn't. I hadn't been accepted to MIT yet. Uh, and then he applied to become an astronaut, and he did. And I was thinking about different graduate school options when when I was talking it over with a friend, and my wife. And and uh, and I got the idea, why don't I just call him and see if he can has time to talk to me and give me some advice. So I did. And I got him on the phone and he I had never met him before. And he told me that, yeah, if you have if you want to be an astronaut at that time, I didn't even think that it was possible for me. But he was a motivating person for me, uh, independent of me trying to become one myself. Um, and he said, yeah, if, if you want to become an astronaut, then you probably need to go to a gra- graduate school in engineering. Uh, but even if it does, astronaut stuff doesn't work out for you, a graduate degree in engineering from any school is going to help you in life. And so that's when the, this seed really spawned for me. And about that same time, all right, So I went to graduate school at MIT, got in, got there. Two years go by, and I'm PCS moving from Massachusetts to SEAL Team 3 in, in San Diego. Draw a line across the country, and you can kind of swing through Houston to make that drive. And I mm-hmm. did and called him a couple days before and said, Sir, I'm going to be in Houston on whatever day, and uh, you got time to meet. Just so happened, my luck, he was about one week away from leaving Houston to go to Russia for his own launch wow. uh, to the space station. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I took that as a sign like, wow, this is pretty cool. Here I am. We met at this bar called Boondoggles, which is a favorite astronaut hangout uh, in Houston. And there was a few other astronauts there that I got to meet. And I got to meet his Russian crewmate, Sergei Krikalov, who I didn't know at the time, but later found out he is the most experienced uh, or at the time was most experienced Russian cosmonaut ever wow hero of <laughs> Soviet Union hero of russia um, and and so that's when I really got the fire burning of holy cow, this is pretty cool and and he and she- Bill Shepard just said, yeah put your put your application in and see what happens and he didn't say anything magical; it was just his um, his path and then encouraging me to pursue a similar thing um and it all worked out
2: that's awesome now when I, I know you when you got back you did do a couple deployments to afghanistan did that change your perspective or alter or was it more inspirational i mean c- share with our listeners a little bit how your perspective changed in the in the macro after going to war
4: Yeah, so I went two, two, six, seven-month deployments there. And one was immediately after September 11th, um, I don't know, October sometime, when we actually had boots on the ground in Kandahar. And and then the subsequent seven months after that. And then three years later in 2000, well, two and a half, three years later, 2003 into 2004 is when I went my second time. And it was a stark contrast and difference between the wild, wild west of when I showed up there in 2001 <laughs> and the more big army, big military, brief everybody just to drive out the gate to mm-hmm. go through the training range kind of thing, where the first time I was there, it was, you talk to a village guy, he says so-and-so is going to be in the village over to, at midnight tonight, and next thing you know, you're rolling there. We didn't brief any, we didn't, there was nobody to brief. Well, we did have a... Uh, A small uh, joint staff there after after a little bit, but it was just nuts. How my perspective changed, though, after these deployments, is realizing how precious life is and how every one of us is one engine malfunction, one rock going up into the air intake of a helicopter, one Hmm. valve not working on an engine, or simply your brake line failing on your car on the drive home, we're one of those mistakes away from it all being gone. And how precious we are to be breathing, how precious it is to be walking around and and be able to share with you in in life what I'm doing, uh, live about my life. Um, So I really came away with those deployments of being thankful that I was alive, thankful for my brothers that weren't, that are the heroes of America that gave their life to defend it. Your Marcus, your your teammates on the on the reconnaissance there, ones like them, and all the others since. Um, and and I value life more.
2: Amen. Well, wow.
3: let me. Um, do you want to continue on that, or I kind of want to change the subject here and ask about ultra achievers? All right, we have we have some people. Our guests on the show they have all gone through or achieved some exceptional things. Um, But there are a few of them that just seem to fit into this category where they have not only marked one massive achievement, but those that have multiple, you know, they kind of stand above that. And at least from your perspective, maybe give us some insight into what is it that enables uh, a person to become an individual that seems to achieve at whatever they set their mind to? Can you distill out some um, some insight
4: into that for us? Um, all I can tell you is about myself. And I don't, I don't think that I sit around saying, what thing can I do next? It's more of, <laughs> thank God, cause of, you're going to like cure cancer or yeah, something, yeah. sir. <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it's more of just as you're going through life, doors and opportunities open up and, and acting on them it's hard sometimes to act on an opportunity because it requires change it requires inertia and it's easy to be just mm. continue your steady state to continue doing what you're doing stay in the same jobs or if like in life maybe it's an unhealthy relationship it's easy just to stay it takes energy and work and sometimes emotional investment to do a change to to uh Leave your current job and step off to something else. I remember thinking after I went to my first astronaut interview, uh, there were 20 people in my week, and there were five other weeks of 20, and this was the final down to the final 120 making it. And I came home and said, I'm screwed. Every (laughs) one of those those 19 people would be an awesome astronaut, and there's five other weeks of 20 people. I don't see how I have a chance. And it's that type of attitude. If I hadn't have applied, if I had told myself that before putting in the application, I certainly couldn't be picked. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so I think it's more of just kind of jumping on things when you think it's right for you and your gut is saying, I would like to do this, to do it, to act. And then just stuff happens. Like I know, I was not a fifth grade kid with space shuttles glued to my wall and Navy SEAL guys' uh, posters all hmm. over the place. Partly because they didn't have Navy SEAL posters. Back <laughs> here, right? Be someone special. This came online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it just happened. I, went, I ended up going to the Naval Academy. I, I learned about the Naval Academy because we didn't have a whole lot of money to pay for college, so I knew I needed to have some sort of help with paying for it, and the Academy fit that bill, and I liked what the Academy stood for. And then, once I got there, I learned about what uh, about the seal teams, and I saw some impressive looking dudes and I thought, "Man, I wonder if I have what it takes to be like those guys cool and uh, And then I already told you the bill shepard story, and, and now here I am mm-hmm. uh, talking to you about all that stuff, so it just life just happened, and I jumped on stuff when I did
2: i i one of the things I love how you talk about open doors, and I think you also have another very unique perspective because correct me if I'm wrong, but, but sir, for two years, you were responsible for recruiting new astronauts and bringing them into the fold and monitoring and being charge of that. Can you, after that experience and we asked when Andy stump was on, you know, he was a buds instructor and we're like, you know, who is the guy that makes it or whatever. Can you describe some of the, the character traits that, that, that y'all at N- NASA look for that you in particular find admirable or impressive to where these people are going to make great teammates and great
4: astronauts Good question. Yeah, really. I I've thought a lot about this because when we're pick when we're getting thousands of applications for just 10 or 12 or 15 positions, how do you, there's plenty of people with impressive impressive resumes but how do you pick the ones that would be a good teammate? And it's really, really hard uh, to do. But um, one of the things that jumps right out in an interview as we conduct them and then watch them in different field exercises is just a simple question. Would I want to go camping with that person over a long weekend? And if the answer to that is, eh, I'm not so sure – <laughs> then it's done Game over but if, if, you tell your, if I tell myself and Man that person's pretty cool I'd like to know that person more And I really like how they conduct themselves I really like what they stand for And it would be fun And an honor to spend three days camping with them They make it to the pile of Let's keep talking to this person Instantly That's There's awesome. other factors that go into it But for me personally it all boils down to that. Would I want to camp with them?
2: That is a great question. No, awesome. I stuck Littman in that says.
4: environment, so small,
0: I mean, but I asked him the question too. Is, is it the most brilliant people, and they're like, no, it's not. It's the, it's got to be the, it's a cohesive team. You got to be able to live together, survive together, and get along in those cramped environments. And the best part about it has mm-hmm. been is, is most people think age is is a countdown. It's it's actually a count up. But I mean, and you can switch at any time you want. And that's what that's what he does. I mean, it, and the the doors that open. As you go through life, it's funny when you're young. You're like, "Oh man, if I if I got a chance to do that, the stress and and everything that c- came along with that." Well, yeah, at that age it is. But after a while, after the, you get in those different situations, it teaches you that level of confidence. So when it is time for you to walk down in through that door down that rabbit hole, you're you're ready. The the stress level is not that hard. It's more of an excitement. And mm. man, I hearing you say that when when you turned in your you're packing. You're like, man, all them guys are better than me. I I think that too. Yeah, and, I and that's too. what you need to remember, man. Is everybody thinks that? So if everybody's yep. thinking that, man, I, why not? Why don't I put my package in? Why don't I show up and right. try? And you know, it's true. Most everybody is better than me, anyways. But it's at <laughs> least that's running just, at least showed up, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had more fun showing up and getting my ass kicked than it. Me and, too. And I, <laughs> Amen.
2: I love. That it. was the best part. Well, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Before we, you know, kind of wrap this up, we always like to ask our guests, um, it, what are the things that you try and let's say, because I know you talked about one of my favorite answers you gave in the Mad Minute was to fly forward in time to see how your kids were. So what what do you share with your kids to teach them the never-quit mindset? What, what traits do they need to have every day when they wake up in order to feel fulfilled, to find greater purpose in their life like you have?
4: Oh, man. You know what's so funny? That it's way easier to do in your professional life than to your kids to instill them <laughs> with that. But... <laughs> but at the very simple, basic level, when they're, it's age appropriate, right? Like, so when they're really little, it's simple stuff like, no, fix the toy yourself. You got it. You know how it works. You don't have to hand it to me. You can make it work. And as they go, go get older, it's more, uh, so-and-so doesn't like me or whatever, you know, that kind of mess that happens in middle school and high school. And so I think I don't have one specific answer, just, Trying little times, um, somebody told me once, or gave this analogy to me once, that you drive an aircraft carrier by little three-degree corrections. If you got to make a 30-degree correction, you did something wrong, like, five miles (laughs) Yeah. That's That's a good analogy. That's how I think for kids, amazing kids. You know, if you're making the hard left turn in high school, man... You, you could have made a small correction back uh, years ago. Absolutely.
2: Is, is the same thing true for the, the the person that's sitting home listening to this podcast or they're sitting in their car, they just left work, you know they're experiencing the divorce, they're not happy with their job. What is the first little kind of correction they can make to start, you know changing the rudder to get that never quit mindset rolling? What do you think?
4: Yeah, I think it's just simple. Like the decision is yours. You know, you you can wake up today and and do what are you going to do today to make it better, or what are you going to do today to endure um, more? Instead of having the other side of oh my god, this this is horrible and oh, I just can't make it. Think of it more on the positive side of what action am I going to do right now to make my life better? Kind of like what action are my hands going to do to get luca safely inside just on a smaller scale down mm. to what how you can affect your and in your individual day
0: awesome Any, simple corrections you're you're right i that's the first thing we learn when we're an STV pilot, right? I remember the first time yep. I sunk that boat down and we were driving and my and navigator was like, hey, man, we're going a little deep. I was like, oh, God, I jerked that thing back. it <laughs> and, 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 But nothing happened real fast. And all of a sudden, man, we just skyrocketed up. Then you jam it down so you can go back down. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a nightmare. I mean, you literally have to stop, right? You, have, you If you make some large corrections and get slapped in the face once or twice, stop, right? And just... Start the motor up and make those simple corrections. And that, that was the one thing I learned coming out of there, too, man, is it's no matter how bad the situation is, you got a little bit of time. Take control, take a yep. deep breath, and let it unfold, and then make those simple corrections. And take the hit. I mean, now you, you're, the body and the, is designed to do that anyways. And as you're going through that, it's those simple little corrections that will bring you back to center. And from center, you can go anywhere. And, exactly. Um, that was a hard lesson learned, but it was definitely a good one, man. I love it. Well, Amen, Marcus. Well, Amen. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, sir, thank you so much. Where can people pay attention to your career path? To what's going on with the space program and NASA? Where do people follow you and follow the program?
4: Uh, of course, you can go to the NASA webpage. I, I, I'm not a huge social media guy, but I, I uh, under um, a torture chamber. I recently opened up a, a Instagram <laughs> account, so. astro astro seal astro underscore seal is uh where i've been posting a few few things but i'm not super active on it but um i will be as i'm leading up to this next mission so you can follow me personally there but in general the nasa webpage is a wealth of information uh and you can follow all the missions there and mine will be there on there and not in uh for about next year
2: one one quick last question because i gotta throw this out there I know Kim's the new guy. Have you hazed him yet? Like in a platoon? Kyle,
4: uh, that behavior doesn't get uh, doesn't the warm, fuzzy welcome that it does in the seal in the in the platoon hut that it does here. So he'll he'll get his he'll get his with all the uh, astronaut candidate stuff that's coming at him the next two years.
2: Awesome, sir. Well, it's
4: amazing what
0: we do to each other. I was talking to somebody. This totally off thing, but about. Someone giving me the business about waterboarding. I was like, you know, everything that we do to the terrorists during interrogations, team guys do for fun at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been waterboarded I don't know how many times by my buddies just, just to do it. See if you can take it to long. I mean, oh, some of God. our stuff is amazing. The guys are
2: fired up about it. Give it to me.
0: And then these yeah. people are freaking out. About it. I'm like, wait a minute. We, we do that for fuss price. Oh, <laughs> that's
2: awesome. Well, sir, awesome. thank you so much. We appreciate it. God bless you and your all your teammates and what you guys are doing at NASA. It's a true inspiration to all of us and all of our listeners. So thank you for yeah, being on. You guys
4: on. are as well. Thanks. Great to be with Absolutely. you today. who yeah. Ooh yeah. All right. God bless. All all right. God bless. Take care. Thank you. See ya.
2: All right, bro, (laughs) I don't care what I've done in my life. When I look at the guy, the way he talks, once he talks about where he's been, bro, he just gave a never quit story about being in space. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he, it, but he delivered it like i mean i felt like we we're in a platoon space but he's like a, a good frog man totally. he's got the whole wit and he's cut up man oh. I'm like, he's an you can sit there and listen to those stories because no one else has them at like, all oh, dang man
2: i mean he literally I had so much stuff written down like he had to get out of here i like Ugh. dude i saw your <laughs> your pad just <laughs> mountain up and mounting a question wizard one of the things that i you know when i heard the dude talk and that, and that question that you asked about exceptionalism, man, you know, it's interesting because people struggle with it, right? People are, they have difficulty with recognizing how exceptional they are. So I found wow. it interesting the way he answered it. I, I honestly don't believe I mean, maybe in, you know, with his wife in their bedroom at night. Hey, sweetie, I'm awesome. Aren't I? Oh, yeah, baby, you're awesome. But for the, I don't think that dude probably knows how awesome he is. Well, the best part about it is it kind of lets
0: you know, I mean, that's the pinnacle right there. You're sending somebody, everything else is earthly. Navy SEAL, MIT, that's one of them guys that, When you when you sit there and you listen to a story, you look at him here like, man, that's that's the coolest stuff. I wish I could do that, but I'm nowhere near an MIT grad, and I can't do this. But the thing about what he explained was, is man. It takes a team to get your ass yeah. up into space, man, and it's it's not just the smart clicks that get in there and the Bam. brilliant minds. You can't have that, man. You go crazy. I mean, you wouldn't get anything done ever. You need the knuckle dragger down there that has a quick wit and can bring the team together, even if you if you can't roll them gimbals like like they, <laughs> they do
2: <it> in space <laughs> for, for nine days. But because um, <laughs> the world needs ditch diggers, diggers. too, because <laughs> <laughs> the world needs podcasters too.
0: Yeah, damn it. <laughs> and it's cool, man, because he's kind of walked through that gamut and and all,
3: all of those fields. Bruh. Sports and then the teams and then... What do you think, Wizard? Well, on that specific question, I think I kind of blindsided him, honestly. And when you said that, it made me think he probably... He's probably not the best person to answer that question about himself because he doesn't look at himself that way. But... I still think we got a very valuable answer out of him. Absolutely. In the, him talking about the, recog- the importance of recognizing and taking advantage of the opportunities that come to you. And
2: that's my favorite and part. And then, right
3: there, dude. How all of these small, uh, taking advantage of all these small opportunities, small changes, small decisions in life, they have an inertia in themselves. Oh, And over time, Russ. that small correction over distance is a yeah, massive there's, there's change no game. genius down right the there yeah there
0: is no end game there's no uh, those title a lot of people get into they work their ass off they get that title and stops like oh, i got my title and this is what i'm at. and whatever comes with, along with that title but
2: and they'll live in that title for 10 years right uh, that, yeah. that's, that's not the game you, you,
0: one leads to the other right one will give you this the platform that's kind of what we were talking about earlier when you mm-hmm. go down it doesn't sometimes when you're going to go down this path hell yeah it's gonna be hard in the beginning because you ain't ready for it you're not as, you're not technically that's supposed, supposed to, to be up in this part now, yet, man. You skip, pain. yeah, exactly. And, and that's the test. That's the life part of it. And and man, it's just one. There is no end game. There is no title that, that defines you, right? You def, you define the titles by the, walking
2: through the by doors. Through it, man. By walking the through that walk the doors. Through it,
0: they're going to experience it differently, man. They're going to the, Everything's going to change. That's a great part about it. It's unique to the individual, man. But when you're the guys that keep going and going and going and excel in those things that, hell, only a hand people, handful of people
3: can do, still have the humility to deliver it like he did, man, is, is epic.
2: It is epic.
3: I really, that, I think that's a great observation that, that you just pulled out there, that some people will strive to achieve whatever this goal is that's way up there, and they will work to get there. And once they get there, they sort of become content in that, and they stop perhaps taking advantages of everything that they can continue on to do as every, a platform to the next platform.
2: Right. Yeah. They
0: become the definition of what that is. Like people, when they describe that, then you try to assimilate into every aspect of that. When in reality, if you shot up into that and you've become that, imagine what you else you could do. Exactly. Oh, bro, look at
2: us. It's, it's We're a, the perfect example of that, right? Here we are. All of us have invested a truckload of time carrying a gun for a living at the highest level, Right. And it's, it's been an identity that we have, you know, really dedicated our lives to, but we recognize, Hey, that is not the pinnacle of our existence. There's a greater capacity that exists within each other, within each one of us. That opens a door to a completely different emotional experience, a different physical experience. Yeah, you're supposed to change. You're, you're supposed, supposed to shift. You're supposed to change. Gears. Thank
0: Take you. Take all those experiences you've learned through each one of those evolutions, man, and put it into something else.
2: Amen. Listen, I'll tell you what, man. If, if this is your first show, holy cow. Now, I, you know, I, I hope, because I, I know I feel it. I'm looking at Marcus. I'm looking at Wizard. We feel it, how... You know, remarkable, this individual, but also how down to earth he is. So hopefully you as a new listener to this show, you heard the the core information that he was disseminating in a very manageable, very tangible way. Not reading you the gimbal qualifying quantifications or any of that nonsense, (laughs) mambo jambo metric shit. (laughs) He's telling you the truth of what it means to enhance your life incrementally. Little bits at a time. Make the changes. Go through the doors that feel right for you. Man, I love that. You know, he talked consistently about that intuition. So if you're listening, you found us, your your gut said, man, this could be a great show to check out this podcast, man, then you are spot on, and we appreciate you being here. And if you're coming back, holy smokes, did you get a doozy on that one, man, man. If you don't take something away from astronaut Navy SEAL Chris Cassidy, then I don't know what you're doing. Maybe maybe you're not paying attention to what just went down, but please, you need to pay some attention. If y'all want to know more or just listen to some more epic shows, go ahead and visit our catalog. Visit our our website at tnqpodcast.com. That's tnqpodcast.com. And if you really are fired up, we would love it. I mean, we would sincerely love it if you were to share your greatest never quit story on our website. We've built this incredible, incredible community of of people and their never quit stories. And and if they're good, uh, we're well, we're, we're posting all of them on the site. If they're good, we're gonna read one. We got here in a second. And if they're great, Marcus, coming on Coming on. And our next recording sessions here, coming up in about a month and a half, we're going to have one of those listeners on the show. So you could be the next one. Also, guess what? Guess what, Wizard? What? Tell them what we got. We got swag. We got swag, swag, swag. Give me that swag, swag, swag. Marcus, what do we got? The team loadout. We got the loadout, baby. All right. If you want to blast off at any. Function you go to, out to the, to the movies, out with your significant other. If you want to look cool at your kid's soccer game, if you want to look cool on weekends working out in your local gym, go to tnqpodcast.com forward slash merchandise and check out our new gear, baby. You're going to love it Wearing it, we love wearing it. In fact, I sleep in mine. My girls wear it to school. Uh, that's ridiculous. But we're we're gonna have kids <laughs> stuff here soon. All right. Also, uh, please follow. We finally got the wizard to break down Marcus, and he's uh he's on social media now, which mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. So just go to Instagram and search the wizard TNQ, and he'll come up. Uh, you have no
0: idea where you're gonna be. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah, yeah. you're going to see the back
2: of his head <laughs> all around the world, which is awesome. Uh, uh, you can also follow the show. We've got a show podcast page at TNQ Podcast on Instagram. Of course, you can follow me at Team Frog Logic, and you can follow Mr. Never Quit himself at Marcus Luttrell. All right. And if you want to find the show wizard, where can they go, buddy?
3: Pretty much anywhere you would expect to find a podcast, whether it's Android, iTunes, online and it's the simplest
2: thing in the world to do just go to your little ipad itunes podcast app or one of your other podcasts all you got to do is search team never will pop right up hit the subscribe button and you will have marcus the wizard and i in your head 24 Seven days a week 365 days a year we can be motivating you to develop the never quit mindset What do you think about that, Marcus? That's right, man. You got that one down. That was good. Wasn't it? Did that sound like? Yeah, you pretty good at that, man. Am I getting? Am I almost monster truck good? For one night and one night only, the monster truck extravaganza! Wizard looks like he's going to kill me right now.
3: (laughs) That's the the face of terror. (laughs) (laughs) That would be
0: cool if we could call a monster Uh, truck down, though. Dude, let's,
2: let's get the guy who uh, built
0: the gravedigger. You want to? Oh,
2: yeah. Let's go call up Travis. Bigfoot,
0: legendary, or gravedigger. One of those two. Man, I was with them. Never mind. That's, a-
2: <laughs> That's a whole nother yeah, show. Like All right. Rabbit hole. Here we go. We're going to read dun, this dun, dun. TMQ podcast listener from Chris, his never quit story. Are you ready, gents? This is a good one. I like this one. Awesome. Chris. Hey, guys. I have listened to many of your shows and I often hear most people say that just getting out of bed every day is their never quit story. I personally have had many never quit moments in my life. And when I look back, I can't believe that I made it through. I am not, however, writing about my experiences, but how I was given the never quit mindset from my parents. Oh, that's cool, dude. My parents were born into religious families that believed in faith healing, which meant that they had never been to a hospital ever. My mother was pregnant with my oldest sister when she was 19 and then continued to give birth to a total of 14 of us. I didn't make that up right there. That's 14 of us over the next 25 years as birth control was not an option. All of us were born at height, at home with a midwife with no medicine. My second child was born at home with a midwife, no meds. My father worked... That's me speaking, by the we
3: way. We need to see if we can bring his mother on.
2: Right? Mm. My father worked at tough maintenance woman. jobs for a minimal income. We never went without the necessities growing up and always had food on the table. One of the best traits I learned from my parents was that when times are tough, you get up early and go to work and my mother took care of us every day of our lives while we were at home. My family has since left the church they were raised in and the oppression it forced on its constituents. Once my youngest sibling was in school, my mother went back to school and became a medical assistant at a clinic. My father worked long hours to keep a roof over our heads and food on the table. He would then have to come home and discipline my brothers and I as we were rowdy as boys come. We grew up eating deer, turkey, and fish. My father, after five, five long days of work, would wake up at 0400 on Saturday to get out in the woods. No matter how long the day we spent in the woods on Saturday, no matter how many hours we had worked that week, he would come banging on our door Sunday morning to get us up for church. I can only imagine how many times they must have just wanted to give up, but didn't and pushed on. I know my siblings and I feel the same way when we say we want to repay them for their hard work by driving on our by driving on in our lives, by driving on in our lives. My oldest sister is raising three and four kids, respectively. Third oldest sister is raising two girls and is a manager for medical records keeping company. I am the fourth oldest and I have 15 years in the military. Fifth oldest sibling is raising her young girls. Sixth and seventh oldest brothers are licensed mechanical and architectural engineers from Penn State. We are! Sorry, that got out of me quick. My eighth oldest sister is a school teacher in Africa. Super cool. My ninth oldest sister is a medical doctor who graduated from Penn State and University of Pennsylvania. We are! And I worked with the UPenn football team, might I add. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. I apologize. My 10th oldest brother just re-enlisted <laughs> for his second tour in the soft community. Ooh. My 11th oldest sister is a registered nurse. My 12th oldest brother has finished up in his master's mechanical engineering at Penn state. We are. It's just wrote. Sorry. My 13th oldest brother is a bricklayer until he figures out what he wants to do. My 14th oldest sister and it's her first year of college at Penn
3: State. And say we are my 14th oldest sister. My yeah, 14th me too. <laughs> awesome. oldest sister
2: awesome, is in a first year cause. That's so awesome. All right. I think I had to give you a background of my family to show just how strong of an impact seeing our parents get up every day and drive on no matter how hard life was giving it to them. Our success in life is directly contributed to our parents not giving us an option to quit. I love the message you are spreading and the guests you have on your show to prove that if you want a better life, it always comes down to driving on and hard work. Keep up the good fight and stay safe. Wow. That was a cool that one, count. man. Is that one of the coolest ones by far, dude? Yeah. Seriously, oh, yeah, dude. that one. Chris, thank you so much for writing that in. Better yet, thank you to your parents. Exactly. Yeah. putting out a bunch of squared-away people in this world to hey, make you up, the place big families better.
0: Like That's like growing up with your own crew. Totally. I mean, mm-hmm. I, whatever you want to go get you and play game basketball, we got enough. You know, football, <laughs> we got enough of that too, man. We can do whatever. We can do anything. It's
2: a full platoon, dude. I
0: mean, there you go right, right there,
3: man. You got a fire yeah. team. Man. A whole platoon.
2: whole platoon. Some Most families, you might have a fire team if you're lucky with four, but they have a full Platoon, yeah. baby. My best
3: friend growing up he had nine brothers and sisters, and no. that house was yeah. And that's not fourteen.
2: That's not fourteen. That's crazy town. I mean,
0: it'd be rough. It's you know, it's probably rough in the beginning growing up, and the hand-me-downs, and every you kind of that's when you bitch and complain. But check it out now. You just heard their resume. How proud is that mom and dad for mm, that I mean, that's epic, right? That right? And then the family reunions, the Christmas holidays. How much fun do they have at that? A blast, right? A blast, right? dude! I love if are like, oh, it's holidays, someone's coming over. I love that. I, the weirdest part of my family, bring them home, man. You know, I just I dig that part of it. And when you have those big families like that, I mean, it, it makes life worth living. Amen.
2: Amen. Well, I just want to thank you, Chris, for writing in. I want to thank Penn State. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank. Start off and be we're not serious. sponsored by Penn yeah, State, no. by the way. <laughs> Nor was I Unless actually. They were one of <laughs> I want to thank God. And I want to thank Christ for the role he and and Christ play in my life. Uh, It's given me everything. I want to thank my two children. I want to thank my parents. I want to thank the endless sunshine I have in my life. I want to thank all my friends and family, all my buddies from the teams who inspire me day in and day out with the incredible stuff you're doing post-Seal life in your lives, man. There's always something more for us to experience I want to thank Navy SEAL astronaut Chris Cassidy. Dude, I just like saying that. Star Lord. Navy SEAL. C- yeah. Star, Star Lord, Lord Chris Cassidy. You can actually Cassidy. give
0: yourself your own call sign if you're. Oh, if dude, you're that's United. the only place <laughs>
2: yeah. you can give right. your own call sign is if you're a Navy SEAL MIT graduate astronaut. So I want to thank you, Star Lord, for doing it. Uh, you're the man. Thank, thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, and I want to thank our listeners because without y'all, This would just be some, you know, it'd be the three of us in this room doing this show, man. But you all have kept coming back. You keep spreading the word. You're helping us spread the never quit message to help people in their lives. And we can't, I can't thank you enough. And you too, you guys, this really is one of the greatest experiences, the greatest things I've ever been able to do in my life. And it's because of you too. And I want to thank you guys. God bless you. I agree. Yeah. yeah, Star-Lord,
0: man. Dude, you know, when you're a kid and you, your friend's like, shoot for the stars. The stars are yours, man. You can do whatever you want. You can want. do he, anything. Like, he did that. He and, did it. I mean, he... It's hey, taking it a long way,
2: <laughs> dude. I tell my girls like, "Hey, you guys could be astronauts if you want. They're like, "Huh?" That's dude, what the parents yeah. saying. Like, "Oh, hopefully, you know, he will be
0: whatever." But I'm gonna tell him I wanted to be an astronaut. He's like, "Hey, you can be an astronaut." And he did it. Right? He did it. There, there's a <laughs> one of the saying on one of, on our on our ranch gate it is better to shoot at a star and hit a stump than shoot at a stump and miss. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of the gosh It has no kind of. There's no limit. Limit, man. There's no boundaries of what you can do. I mean, if you've been in space and you can spacewalk and handle all that kind of stuff, you can pretty much handle anything else, I would imagine. <laughs> Probably doesn't freak out when something...
2: <laughs> when the dishwasher breaks out. Yeah, it's like,
0: right? I mean, it's like, kind of that stoic thing. And he did, right? He's, Dude, we had that the
2: technical like, issues and he like, told yeah, all those yeah, guys how right. to handle it.
0: He worked them, he worked them gimbals, gimbals, right? Star Lord, Star Lord, the gimbal Star-Lord
2: worker.
0: And the gimbal. Hey, so, brother, man, thanks for leading by example and, and just showing us how far we can take it. That's what he did, man. All the guests we got on, he, he's taking it the furthest, and everybody keeps bringing us back. I can't thank you enough, man. It's, it's really something to be able to do this and uh, listen to these stories. Uh, it's a blessing. I don't even have words for it. Thank you. I'm out.
4: Ow.